Listeners, you are going to get the second chapter in Hard to Hold by Kane Broomberg today in just a little bit. So I like how you came in with extra, like last time I didn't mention it until I know. I was like, shit, I felt so bad that we got all the way through that mentioning it. So yes, we've got Miss Christy Broomberg here today. Um, she is bringing uh, two chapters from the book Hard to Hold in this is the book two in the series, the Play Hard series. And um, like I said, that's coming today. And she's also got Hard to Score is the next release out. And it comes out February 17th. And you can go ahead and pre-order that in ebook and audio. And if you listen to Tuesday's episode and you want more, you can go ahead and grab the ebook on this now. We are just doing an audiobook teaser this week. I believe we'll have a full-length book next week. But we'll talk about that in a little while. So you said today is the fourth and you have something going on today. What is it? Because of all of COVID, everything kept getting delayed and we finally got a court date. And today, my husband becomes a king. (gasps) No way! Are you serious? That's great! It's official. Listen, this has been years that you guys have been talking about this. Like, it has to have been years, right? Yeah, we talked about it years ago, but then we just kind of waited around. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Because my uh, nephew changed his name, so I was like, okay, maybe we should start seeing this. I'll use this lawyer. Because it takes forever. Yes. And the court dates. Because they've got to, like, run it in the paper. Yeah, yeah. And all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, so he has court today. And now he's a king. That's so great. We need to celebrate. What are we going to (laughs) eat? He can make you some scallops. (laughs) But I was just, I don't know. When I realized we had a court date and stuff today, I was like, wow, we're all going to be the same name now. Because I didn't take my husband's name. And I don't know. I guess I've seen... My son, I was so like, I don't know. I wanted to have the same name as my son. And I yeah. always got scared. I never wanted to get married either. I never thought I was going to get married. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're going to name him Peyton Riley King because his middle name or his last name was Riley. Uh-huh. But he switched his now. So him and Peyton are going to be the same. He's going to be Robert Riley King. So he oh. dropped his middle name. I love that. So they're going to be the same. So it's almost like they're that Peyton's named after him now. I love that. And my dad was just so smitten with the whole I thing. Bet. Especially I when bet. when I was asked, Rob, I was like, I really want our son to have my family name. And he was like, yes, that's fine. It's more than okay. I love that. And my dad was very smitten with that. That he uh-huh. was like, because my dad doesn't have any son. So mm-hmm. it would have been over. Yeah. For our little family, Mm -hmm. for the game going on. I love that because it, you know, it's, I I just think it's fantastic when you can get past like these traditional restraints where it's like, oh, when you get married, you have to take your husband's last name or you have to name, give your children the last name of the father and all this stuff. And it's like, who says there's, there's no rules. Fuck it. You know, like it's traditional, but that doesn't mean it has to be that way. I will yeah. say, when I got married, I was really excited to be Mrs. Robinson. I, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? That sounds like that should be my name. <laughs> but I think, I don't 
don't know. My sister, I think, just scared me because she had multiple men. None yeah. of them had, like, a family name. And even now we're having to go back yeah. and fix some of the names of the kids. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they want to be kings because they don't talk mm-hmm. to anybody. Even, like, my husband, he's with my family all the time. Yeah, yeah. He's one of us. But we've been together, like, 14, 15 years now. yeah. That's crazy. Oh, Jesus, that's so long. I know. When you said it, I was just like, damn, that's a long time. Well, it's, I, it feels, you know, to say like, oh, obviously they've been together, you know, 14 or 15 years. But it's crazy to me because I think I knew you when you guys were together like five years or six years or something like that, you know, where it's like, no, we've just been friends that long. Like, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> no, this is an exciting day. Okay, lady listeners everywhere. Cheers to uh to Mel and to Rob for being the kings now. So I'm gonna have some Cheers. apple cider in your honor. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got lady listener emails. My favorite. And I'm so excited to read them today because I have I have not pre-screened any of these. So they could be terrible, if you will. I don't know. They could be amazing. They could be the best emails you've ever received. Um what I asked for in headquarters the other day, I said, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. So I said, why don't you send me an email with the best, worst, most amazing Valentine's Day ever? Anything. I said, it can be about the day or about gifts or whatever. And I think that's what people sent. Oh, you <laughs> mentioned something so I don't forget now that you said Valentine's Day. Yeah. We have B minor else is on sale this whole month for 99 cents. Oh yeah, that's right. We have a Valentine's Day book in February. So hey, don't forget. Oh, and also uh, on our Alexa Rally Instagram, it's on Instagram only because it's the only way I can keep up with it. We are doing a giveaway. Um, it's like every couple of days for the entire month of February, we are giving away um, signed paperbacks from black romance authors. We are also giving away um, products that we love that are from Black-owned businesses. So we're doing that for the entire month of February. And some of these gifts are like hundreds of dollars. So they're some of my favorite, especially there's this is there's this famous wine glass maker that's from South Carolina. I think it's called like Estelle is their name or that was her grandmother's name. That's not the name of the lady that owns it, but it's named after it's like Estelle glass. But anyway, she makes these gorgeous cake plates and wine glasses the cake plates are like $300 and I have never bought one I know but I have a friend that has one and it is so beautiful I've never gotten one because they're crazy expensive but her wine glasses are like they're like 75 bucks for a set for two but they are so beautiful anyway so but it's stuff like that we're giving away a set of wine glasses um like coffee jewelry planning stuff gift cards like everything you can think of so make sure you go and check out um alexarelli's instagram let's get to the emails this one is entitled the cookie cake debacle i love cookie cake i do too with extra icing (laughs) good morning lady djs so to start off, I love you guys. I have been a reader of both Alexa Riley and Tessa Bailey for forever, but I found this podcast around the fir- around this time last year. I'm still catching up. Just now in episode 70, I think. LOL. have gotten so many amazing book recs from all of y'all. I love the Facebook page. Yay! Now, on to the Valentine's Day story. I absolutely hate cookie cake. <laughs> We're in this email, right? <laughs> <laughs> like... 
despise it. The first year my husband and I were dating, he gave me a cookie cake for Valentine's Day. And being that the relationship was still brand new, I sucked it up and ate a piece and then ended up giving him the re- giving the rest of it away to family and friends. Fast forward to my birthday and he gives me another cookie cake. <laughs> I tell him at this point that I don't like cookie cakes, but that I appreciate it anyways. Y'all, I continued to get cookie cakes for fucking everything for at least three years, at which point we have a huge fight on Valentine's Day. I love it. Oh, gosh. A huge fight, all caps, on Valentine's Day. And I tell him he can shove his cookie cake up his ass. We literally almost broke up over this this butt wipe, not listening and buying me a fucking cookie cake. We have been together now for 12 years, married for seven, and no more cookie cakes. I keep waiting for him to bring one home just to fuck with me. (laughs) Have a wonderful week. Keep doing what you're doing, Kristen. That is fucking amazing. That's so... I think he should bring a cookie cake home once a year now. I I think so, too, just to start a fight. Like, that's got to be funny, right? (laughs) The fact that he kept doing it and they almost broke up over it, like, that is the petty shit I do. You know, like, having a huge fight over something stupid where you're like, just don't mind the fucking cookie cake. And all of a sudden, I'm a huge bitch about it. And then we have a fight. Yes, that that would be my house. I could see that happening. Exactly like that. This one's entitled Valentine's. So I'm a stay-at-home mom with four kids, two with special needs. About eight years ago, we decided to really do, we decided not to really do anything for Valentine's Day. Seriously, a babysitter for my kids probably cost a day's salary for my husband. And he had a chance for overtime. We got a bunch of grief about this from some friends and family. How we aren't romantic or anything. Okay, it's just a day. We live in the mountains and it was going and it was going through a super cold snap. Negative ten and negative twenty. Whoa, with wind chill down to negative forty. That's not real. Jesus. It's real. It gets like not that bad, but we go negative. No, that's fucking terrible. So February nineteenth, my husband has been working a fifteen hour shift, physical labor, hard work. It's 9 o'clock at night, and he has been at work since 5 or 6 a.m. He needs to meet me. He needs me to meet him at the gas station down the street. Kids are in bed. Give my oldest a heads up and my phone. Drive down to the gas station. My husband fills up my gas tanks, checks my tires for air pressure, cleans the windows on a minivan, and it's negative 35 with wind chill while he's doing this. The reason? He wasn't sure when we would have time again that week and wanted to make sure the kids and I were safe. I always say that this was the best gift. It didn't cost any money, but the time and effort to think of our safety before his comfort was an extremely was extremely romantic to me. No, he came home to a warm meal I made him and was back at work at 6 a.m. the next day. I don't know if that is the kind of story you are looking for, but it's my favorite Valentine slash non-Valentine story. This March, we celebrated 25 years of marriage. He still fills my car up with cats for me. Why am I crying? Because that's the real love, you know? It's not good. Oh, my God. That was so sweet. It is. It's it super is. sweet. That is true love, Denise. Oh, my God. That's seriously, like, that just made my whole fucking day. That, that is. it's really just the small things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they seem small, you know? You're husband saving you giving you your favorite bite of a of a cookie cake because it's the center with all the icing you know what i mean sneaking you a corner piece 
That is just the small things that they are thinking of you. You don't have, it's not a grand gesture, but you know, they're constantly thinking about you. I love that. So let's write a book on that. That's so fucking sweet. (sighs) Valentine's to remember. First line, no name, please. I got you. (laughs) I actually have a good Valentine's story. One year, we decided to get away for the weekend instead of buying gifts, so he picked the bourbon trail, and I found a cute bed and breakfast, and we wound our way through Kentucky. We had just gotten checked in after a longish drive, and we were both settling in with books before dinner, until we heard a couple below us going at it. Oh, yeah. This is going to turn into a competition. No, I bet. Let's see. After a minute or so, I looked up at him, and he smirked at me and said, oh, I think we can do better than that. Yeah. We were late to dinner, and I may be biased here, but we definitely won the coitus competition. (laughs) Hoping for a loving and lovely holiday for my favorite lady DJs and all the lady listeners. Hell yeah. That's fun. I like that. Sexy times. All the feels. Hello, beautiful lady DJs. Well, she went right for my heart. (laughs) (laughs) I finally caught up on the podcast and was listening to last week's two episodes last night. Great book, by the way, ladies. And Leah was talking about the book that she read over the holidays and how it gave her all the feels. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was, um, oh, my God. Is it With the Heart on High? Is that the name of it? I don't want to get it wrong. Sorry. With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo. That's the one I was talking about. That was all the feels. Um, and how they gave her all the feels. And I totally understand this. There are only a few that come to mind that have really gotten to my heartstrings. The This Man series, oh, that's by um, Jodi Ellenmopoulos. She doesn't stay on here, but that's it's by. It has some parts where it just makes you want to cry. You don't love me like I love you. You just can't. And then she goes and gets herself whipped to prove, he, <laughs> to prove she does. The Fifty Shades series and all the issues that Grey has. Just finished reading the part in Fifty Shades Darker. And then from his POV and Darker, where the only way he knows how to show her how much he loves her is by having her touch him. She put all the cry faces. <laughs> I always feel like I have this hole in my chest. And then there is the Bared to You series. And there is something every book that, and there's something in every book that makes my heart hurt. I recently found and read A Vow of Hate, and that book gave me all the feels, all caps. I was crying not 30 minutes into it. Now, granted, I am pregnant. LOL, but still, it had me everywhere. Also, I can't remember what episode it was. But you ladies were talking about how you know the author was really into it by the writing, and I completely understand. I have a few authors that I can just one click, and I know that it's going to make me, it's going to take me on a roller coaster of a ride. Thank you for wonderful ladies for all that you do. I love you all in this wonderful community that you've made for all of us to be a part of. It's it's wonderful to finally have some people to talk books with. Tessa, I hope your husband is recovering and that your daughter is healthy. I'm sending you all up in my prayers. Much love, Alyssa. That was so sweet. I love all those emails. Those were great. I love, I'm glad I didn't read any beforehand because those were really sweet and special. But, um, so I think that's all we have for today. Do you want to go ahead and we're just going to do a short and sweet episode today. We're going to go ahead and play the, the final chapter from the Capernburg book. The Hard to Play series. It's called Hard to Hold, book two. We're going to play that for you. And then um, next, oh, I'll go ahead and tell you now before we go into the the end of it. Next week on the podcast, we have, da, 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 da. I can tell you why she's <laughs> oh, trying to find it. We have Spades Queen by Lonnie Reed. We have a brand new full-length audiobook 
coming for you next uh, Tuesday. So you're going to get half on Tuesday and then half on Thursday. And so, like I said, it's called uh, Spades Queen by Lonnie Ree. So, and I was going to let you guys know, last week I asked about a book. And I oh, shit. And I headquarters. And I, totally I found the book. It is called Tina Bass, His Safekeeping. I actually don't know if it's for sale anymore. I'm going to send you guys into this episode and look that up. Okay. <laughs> All, right, All right. So we'll see you on the other side. Chapter 7. Lennox. What do you mean this is your Lou? I ask, feeling ridiculous using the term, when I look to where Rush stands in the doorway, one arm resting on the jam with those same sweatpants riding low on his hips. He smells like soap and citrus and hell. Does he really have to smell good, too? No, I said I have to go to the loo. This is the bathroom, and it's mine. The one I've been using since I arrived. All of that shit you just slid into the drawer? He motions with his free hand to the toiletries I just cleared into it. Is my shit. And there's something about him standing here. Or maybe it's because I want him to notice me when he's kept to himself all evening that makes me push for banter, for an argument, for anything to ease that sexual tension snapping between us. And your point? I smile sweetly in the mirror as I pull my robe tighter around my waist. God knows there are a million other bathrooms in this house, he says. Good, then you can find one that suits you better. This one has the best lighting to do my makeup in, I say and cross my arms over my chest as I turn to face him. Even now, I'm sucker-punched by the sight of him. The cut of his jaw, the fullness of his lips, and the thick lashes framing his crystalline green eyes. He's truly stunning in the most masculine way. Sucks then that you'll have to do without it, since this is the one that suits me. He returns the same catty smile back at me. I was here first. If he wants to go there, finders keepers. Really? He laughs and runs a hand through his hair to get it out of his face. You're something else. So I've been told. I angle my head and stare at him. The silence lengthens and begs me to ask the question that doesn't fit in the playfulness of the moment whatsoever. Why did you come here? To Johnny's. He alters the question to suit him, and I don't expect anything less. Probably for the same reason you're here. Because I needed a place to go where I knew there would be no judgment, and Johnny is that. Besides, the view and the pool don't hurt. I'm both surprised and impressed by the honesty of his answer and give a nod in response. I recall my conversation with Johnny earlier. Doesn't any of what I just said, what Rush has done, give you pause in making those googly eyes at him? No. In fact, there's an allure to it, to wanting someone who everyone is warning you away from. It's enticing and thrilling. Rebellion always is. He lifts his eyebrows to elicit a response from me, but I think the tension between us is response enough. It's undeniable. I know he feels it too, and neither of us opt to break or dissipate it. So we stand in the small space, inches apart, as so many more questions whirl in my head that I don't dare ask yet. How long are you staying? What are your plans? Most of all, the same one I asked Johnny. Did you do it? 
Rush owes me no answers. Hell, he barely knows me. And yet here we stand in close quarters with my mind wandering and my body wanting. I itch to reach out and touch him. His jaw, his hair, his arm, anything to make a connection. And that's such a weird thought for me because I'm typically not a touchy-feely person. But I refrain because there's something in the very little I know about him that tells me to take a step back. That listening to my gut instinct, I know he'd be devastating to my senses, to the status quo I'm used to, and to my heart, when I swear it doesn't like to feel. What are we doing here, Lennox? He asks, his voice a whisper. I part my lips to speak and watch as his eyes flicker down to look at them before coming back to my eyes. Negotiating with you, I murmur, deflecting just as he did. The space is large by any guest bathroom standards, but the minute he moves into it, I feel as if all the oxygen has been sucked from it. All that's left to breathe in is him. Is that what you call this? He asks as he takes a step closer. Negotiating. Like I said, Len, he doesn't need you right now. Yes, we've negotiated. I won. I flash a victorious and over-the-top grin his way. And now we're figuring out what bathroom you're going to use since this one is occupied by me. I don't think we were privy to the same conversation. There's no way I ceded this loo to you. A little boy's smile paints his lips as he makes fun of my misuse of British terms. The smile and its charm need to go far away. The last thing I need is to find another thing attractive about him. You did. I heard it. In my unspoken words. He laughs. Yep, I nod. I can read minds. Suit yourself. His chuckle is low and seductive and causes chills to chase up my spine as he steps closer. Your negotiating skills need some work, Mackenzie, I tease. So do yours, he says, and I yelp when he pushes his sweats off his hips and steps out of them. What are you doing? Seems to me we're sharing the bathroom now, so. He meets my eyes in the mirror. You shouldn't be shocked that I'm having a shower, since you can read minds and all. I throw my head back and laugh. It's all I can do, really, and it's way less polarizing than looking at his incredible body. Good for you, I say with a definitive nod. You go do that. I will. For future reference, shock value doesn't work well with me. Noted. I was going more for the fact that I needed a shower and you're in my bathroom. He fights a grin. Impressed. It takes a lot more than that to impress me. I know. Your loss of negotiation skills is a sure sign you're still in awe of what you saw earlier by the pool. Oh, please, I say with a roll of my eyes as the shower turns on and he steps into it. Don't worry, love. I'm still recovering from that bikini of yours, too. My eyes flash up to meet his through the fogged up glass, and I'm treated to a lightning fast grin. All I can do is shake my head and try not to be affected by his words as I walk out of the bathroom, cross the hall into my room, and lean against the door when I shut it behind me. There's a smile on my face as I close my eyes and replay the whole exchange in my head over again. He's a tease and a flirt, and if these are my thoughts after only two exchanges with him, I know I'm in trouble. 
The past couple of days have been a blow to my ego and sense of self. Is it such a bad thing that Rush makes me feel a little better about myself? Is it even worse that I've been working nonstop for months on end that I haven't taken care of me? By taking care of me, I mean reaching out and taking what I want. And damn it to hell, I want him. I have a feeling Rush isn't a man who hesitates either. He takes and demands, and if you can't keep up with his pace, he moves on. There's a challenge in that, an attraction. What is it about me being attracted to athletes? The strong hands, the powerful bodies, the air of arrogance of a man who knows he's good at something, the dedication. It's like they're my kryptonite. Christ, I mutter and tuck an errant strand of hair behind my ear. Rush would be a terrible mistake. A terrible, gorgeous, satisfying mistake. I know it after only one day, but the funny thing is, it's one I know I'm already going to make. And I don't feel sorry about it in the least. I'm a woman who goes after what she wants, without shame or fear. And I want Rush McKenzie. Welcome back. Hey, so is it love? No, you can't get it. No, how are we supposed to read it? Okay, I, have, I owned it. I was so going to say, have... Mel, screenshot every page. You can share <laughs> with us. <laughs> I'm so curious why she pulled them down. Can we email this author and ask her to give us a copy of it <laughs> in, their, in the headquarters group to share? I'm going to go poking around to see what's up. Okay, we'll figure out who this is. All right, so, but um, just a reminder, though, uh, Mel had talked about this last week. She said it was the book she was looking for that she couldn't find. It was a girl with a blood disorder. And what was the name of it again? His Safekeeping. His Safekeeping. And who's it by? Tina Bass. Tina Bass. Okay, all right. Well, if you're going to be a sleuthy detective, go out there and find it and then send it to us. Although Mel has it, so share it with a lady listener if you find it. (laughs) All right, well, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.